0: Good morning, Faithful Listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Happy Tuesday, Faithful Listeners. This is Jen here. Thanks for tuning in to share a cup of coffee with me as we discuss Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 42. So grab your Bible and let's go ahead and jump right in. I'm going to be talking out of the W.E.B. version today. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall we do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who both stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance, a certain priest was going down that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he traveled, came where he was. When he saw him, he was moved with compassion, came to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii and gave them to the host and said to him, "'Take care of him. Whatever you spend beyond that, I will repay you when I return.'" Now which of these three do you think seemed to be a neighbor to him who fell among the robbers? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. As they went on their way, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me alone to serve? Ask her, therefore, to help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. So Jesus is still on his way of traveling to Jerusalem. He is getting pretty close to dying soon, and he is on his way to Jerusalem. But on the way, Luke gives a bunch of little mini stories that happens on his travels, And the first story here was this lawyer standing up and testing Jesus. Now, if you go back to the Greek here and look at the word tempt or test here, it actually is the word ekpirezo. I think that's how you say it. I'm not sure. Ek per, pek, ek pirezo, I think, which means to put the Lord to the test. So anytime that this word is mentioned in the Bible, it has a negative connotation. So we know that this guy, this lawyer, is trying to test Jesus in some way. So he says, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So he's taking Jesus all the way back. To the basics by asking Jesus this question What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And I believe personally that the reason this was a test, that this guy was testing Jesus, he was trying to get Jesus to say Jesus's theology was wrong because it didn't line up with Old Testament scripture. That's personally what I believe, how this guy was testing Jesus. I'm not exactly sure what his, what his, uh, you know, thought process was while asking Jesus this question, but that's what seems most logical to me was the fact that he was trying to get Jesus to say either something contrary to Scripture or to his own teaching, and doing and by doing so, Jesus would look like a fool that uh, didn't really know Scripture or didn't stick to his guns with his own teaching, and then he would be labeled a fraud. But Jesus doesn't do this. Instead, he <laughs> this lawyer who is so educated and very smart, Jesus puts it back onto the lawyer by asking a question. You know, what's written in the law? How do you read it? So he's basically being kind of snarky with this lawyer. He's like, well, you're a lawyer. What's written in the law? You answer your own question. So the lawyer answers his own question. And he says, you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus is like, yep, that's right. That's exactly it. You got it. And, uh, <laughs> It says in verse 29 that the lawyer was not happy with this because he wants to justify himself. So he's trying to justify himself. And so he says to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor then? Trying to get Jesus once again to say something kind of stupid. Because there was a lot of racism going on at this time period as well. So if Jesus, you know, said something that your neighbor is the Samaritans, Or your neighbor are the Greeks or your neighbors are these guys or these guys. I mean, that might also look, make Jesus look kind of, I don't know, bad, I guess. So that's why this guy asks this question. He's trying to justify himself and get Jesus to say something stupid once again. But instead, Jesus gives this parable and asks a question at the very end. I've said this so many times before, and Jesus really models this and cements my belief in question asking, it is one of the best ways that you can get somebody who is arguing with you to think about what they are arguing about. In fact, life coaches use this process all the time. They just ask questions and counselors do as well. They ask questions it is the best way to get a person to think about what they are saying. So Jesus gives a parable, then asks a question. So the parable obviously is a very famous parable that we all enjoy. This is the parable of the Samaritan man who finds a Jewish man on the side of the road. The Jewish man had gotten robbed and was left for dead on the side of the road. And this priest, who people back in these days believed priests were just, you know, the best people in the world. You know, they were so holy. They knew the scriptures so well. They were very educated and smart. So, of course, this priest would help this guy on the side of the road, right? But no, the priest is grossed out by this guy. He doesn't want to help him. So he passes by on the other side and leaves this man for dead. The priest does. Then a Levite does the same thing. Once again, we've been talking about the Levites in our Old Testament episodes of the Bible Explained. We've been talking about how important they were and how they were considered to be the firstborn in the Old Testament. So people liked the Levites. Because the Levites had a very special role in God's eyes. But this Levite man, who wasn't a priest, but he was a Levite, he sees his fellow countrymen dying on the side of the road. But this Levite wants nothing to do with it. So he passes by on the other side of the road. He just goes around the man and doesn't want anything to do with him. But the Samaritan, who the people at the time hated, absolutely hated the Samaritans and the Samaritans hated the Jewish people, too. I mean, it it went both ways. It wasn't just bigotry on one side. They both hated each other. And that was very clear because uh, the Samaritans wouldn't let Jesus in to their city because Jesus was a Jewish guy. So on both sides, they just did not like each other. But this particular Samaritan man has compassion in his heart when he sees a fellow human being dying on the side of the road. So instead of passing around him or passing by on the other side, this Samaritan man, even though he's enemies with this guy lying there, he takes this man, puts him on his own animal and binds his wounds Pouring on oil and wine, and let's just think about the Samaritan man as maybe selling this oil and wine. So maybe he was a traveling salesman who had this oil and wine, but instead of selling it, he now uses it to treat this injured man because, you know, wine is a disinfectant. So if he was pouring on this wine on this man's wounds, that would have helped to disinfect the wounds. I don't really know about the, the oil, if I'm being honest, <laughs> but Jesus says he pours on oil and wine. And so that's probably a way just to disinfect this guy's wounds and to help him. So the Samaritan puts this Jewish man on his own animal, uses the ingredients he was going to sell possibly on this man or maybe his own rations that he was, uh, you know, traveling with to help this guy out, then he takes this man to an inn, pays for the room, and then for the entire night nurses this guy back to, to health. But he has to leave in the morning. So he goes to the host who owns the inn, and he gives the guy two denarii. So I think, I, I can't remember specifically what a denarii was, but it was a lot of money. I think a denarii was a month's wages. I might be wrong about that. But whatever it was, it was a fair amount of money. So the Samaritan gives the host of the inn, the two denarii, and he says, take care of him. Whatever you spend beyond that, I will repay you when I return. So he's saying, take this two denarii, take care of the man up in that room, and when I come back, I will pay you more if you spend more than that. And we don't know exactly how this parable ends, but we know that the Samaritan man went on his own way, but Jesus ends this parable by saying, which of these three, either the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, do you think seem to be a neighbor to him who fell among the robbers? This is the question Jesus asks the lawyer. And it almost seems to me that the lawyer is reluctant to say the Samaritan. (laughs) He says, the one who showed mercy on him. So, the lawyer doesn't even want to admit that the Samaritan was the the neighbor, the one that was the most neighborly to this guy. So, Jesus answers the lawyer, exactly, go and do the same. That's what he says. He says, you're right, that was the guy. So, go and do that exact same thing. So, without saying that all people of the world are our neighbors... Jesus basically says it and has the lawyer say it instead. (laughs) So Jesus got himself out of trouble by just asking questions. Isn't that cool? Jesus was so good at, uh, you know, verbalizing to people and helping people really understand the scriptures. I mean, storytelling, asking questions, fantastic ways to get people to think about scripture. And these are ways that you and I, can also defend scripture now is by storytelling and by asking people questions it's basically jesus's entire ministry we see so much of him doing that so after this the lawyer doesn't have any more questions clearly <laughs> but jesus leaves and he goes on his way and enters into a village and there's a woman there named martha who brings him into her house and she also lived with this woman named Mary who happened to be her sister and their brother lived there as well which we will find out later Lazarus their brother also lived in this house so it was a house of siblings so Martha this woman who takes Jesus in is all busy and I know exactly how Martha feels but one thing that really frustrates me about the story of Martha or rather the way people interpret the story of Martha is is uh, people have a tendency to make Martha out as the pinnacle of busyness and, you know, this and that and everything evil in the world. And that frustrates me so bad. Oh my gosh, it frustrates me. (laughs) In fact, I really like Martha. And as we go more into scripture and hear more about Mary and Martha, I'm going to tell you why I really do like Martha. I think she's just really down to earth and kind of a funny lady. But anyway, so Martha takes Jesus in and she's busy preparing the meals and so last week I actually did an if table at my house and I don't know if you guys know what those are but they're basically a dinner where somebody who's the host of the if table will gather a bunch of women together and just fellowship ask questions and have a nice time so I hosted one of these in my house and I can just tell you that for three days I was like sweeping my floors. I was making sure that my windows were clean. I was just doing so many really ridiculous little tasks to make sure that people thought my house looked nice. And I'm not even joking. That was truly my only intention with it. And then this story came to my mind because Jesus tells Martha, you are looking at all these minute details and not focusing in on what really matters. That was kind of the moral of the story of Jesus talking with Martha. So I was kind of doing the same thing. You know, the point of the if tables is to invite women over to help them grow in their own spirituality and to talk with them and just introduce them to Christianity. But instead, I'm worried about how pretty my house looks. So I didn't have the right motivation. And that was the same thing here with Martha. She just didn't have the right motivation. She had a good heart. She brought Jesus in. She was preparing the meal. All that stuff is very important. But her motivation was not on Jesus or on Jesus's words the same way that Mary's was. But obviously, Martha, you know, doing all this stuff, it's not inherently evil to make your house look nice. It's not inherently evil to uh, prepare meals for people. Obviously not. I mean, this story of the parable of the Samaritan literally talks about that very thing of that Samaritan uh, taking in that injured man and feeding him, taking care of him. So no, obviously nothing is wrong with feeding and taking care of people. But Martha just had the wrong attitudes towards stuff. So then when she comes to Jesus and tries to embarrass her sister, <laughs> which is really what it comes down to, Martha tries to embarrass her sister and make her sister look, look like uh, the bad guy. Jesus then sticks up for Mary and says to Martha, well, you know, Mary has picked the good part. You know, you're worried about all these minute details, Martha. And this, it's kind of cute the way Jesus says it. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Those women who came to my house, for the if table I can guarantee they didn't even look at my windows I I can guarantee they didn't notice any spots on my floor and even if there would have been spots they wouldn't have cared what they're going to remember is the conversation we had at the dinner table that night that is the good part that won't be taken away from those women the bad parts were those tiny little things that I was doing to make sure that my house looked as beautiful as it possibly could And I was being absolutely anal with it. And I had to slow down and stop and think about it because I was actually wearing myself out. I'm not even joking. This was really happening to me. I was like wearing myself out for like three days beforehand. And I'm just like, this is so frustrating. And here's me. I'm doing all this stuff getting frustrated with myself for doing all this stuff and i'm and i'm getting frustrated and i'm like i don't want to host these tables anymore because i'm wearing myself out over the minute stuff instead of focusing in on what really mattered so jesus says the same thing to martha martha it's okay if the house is a little dirty it's okay if the dinner isn't you know absolutely perfect mary has chosen the part that she is going to remember forever Mary has chosen the good stuff. And Martha, you should choose more of the good stuff as well. Well, faithful listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. And don't get stuck in those little minute details today. Just think about the goal. Think about the end goal when you are doing something. It says in the Bible that we are supposed to do things for God and not for men. He just wants your heart. That is what God is happy with. So remember that today as you're going through your day, but also make sure to go to p40ministries.com and subscribe to the email list so that you can keep updated with everything that P40 Ministries is doing. But also go over to the YouTube channel because I'm trying to build that up and I will drop a link to the YouTube channel for P40 Ministries in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Bible Explained podcast and I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning or whenever you wake up. Happy listening and God bless.